Welcome to episode number 48 of the Sweet Empowerment Podcast. I am your host, Kristen Brown, and today I'll be talking to you about how to open your guarded heart. For those of you who follow Sweet Empowerment Podcast, you probably are aware that sometimes I have these themes that run through my life, whether it's friends, family, or coaching clients. And last night I was laying in bed. I was sleeping with my daughter because we watched a movie that didn't start out being scary, but it kind of had a little scary part in it. And she just gave me that look like, yeah, I'm not going to sleep tonight. So I slept with her last night. And while I was laying there falling asleep, or it actually might even have been in the middle of the night, I don't know. I just, at some point, I just had this ticker tape, I call it, when a message run through, runs through my head. And it said, you need to make an episode on how to open your guarded heart. And I started thinking about that further. I thought, oh my gosh, there's so many people around me right now that have this. And there's varying degrees of it, but every person that has a very protected and guarding heart, guarded heart is experiencing the same type of situations in their relationships. There's a good bunch of people out there trying to operate in their relationships with this closed heart, and it simply does not work to fulfill our greatest desires. If anything, it works against us. It goes up against what we are trying to create in our relationships. So let's talk about how a guarded heart gets put into place. First off, I'm going to use the word guarded, protected, or closed heart interchangeably because they all relate to the same thing at some, or even armored heart. Sometimes I use that term. At some point we have closed down. We, we don't want to feel, we don't want to have pain anymore. And so we put some sort of protective layer around our heart and our feelings in order to hopefully quell off pain. But the problem is, is that this can promote more pain, but in a different way. Our self-protection is most often put in place a long time ago. Usually the person with the protected heart had experienced situations that were traumatic, such as being excessively bullied, perhaps they're super overly sensitive, they might have had addictive parents. I see this a lot in adult children of alcoholics slash adult children of addicts, and or they could have been emotionally or physically abused or even sometimes religiously abused. They felt like they needed to close down and protect because they weren't accepted or they were treated poorly. And since often in our youth, we cannot go up against superior adults in our life because we just don't have the power. We're young and we're little. We find our brain finds a coping mechanism to handle that. And then we grow into our adulthood with that same coping mechanism in place. However, what served us in our youth no longer is serving us in our adulthood. Let's first talk about symptoms of what a closed and guarded heart might look like. It is possible that you have a closed heart if you have an inability to show or feel compassion for others. You might have been called cold or viewed as being cold and detached or not feeling. Number two, you could have a closed or guarded heart if you only are really concerned with your own feelings. Now, this is a certain type of selfishness. It is that you have had to protect for so long and you, I call it not being able to see past your nose. You, you have protected for so long that you 
often don't, quote, care about what's going on in other people. And I want to say this, that that doesn't mean you're a bad person. People with closed and guarded hearts are lovely human beings. And guess what? They could have this big, juicy, golden heart underneath all that self-protection. So this doesn't mean that you are evil or that there is something wrong with you. Another symptom could be that you are not physically affectionate either at all or unless initiated by somebody else. You may often shy away from affection or you could push away from affection or if someone comes into your space, you're very light, 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 little patty hug thing and can't get away, can't wait to get away from that person. (laughs) It also could be that you have very surface level relationships. If you really take inventory, you'll notice that you just don't have the deep connection that you are witnessing other people around you have, and you wonder why. Now, this is interesting, but a self-protected and closed heart can often be very, very driven in one or a few areas of their life, whether it's career, fitness, family, or adventure in fun. It's usually an area that does not require emotional openness. What this does is people put this into place because they're so driven in a certain area that A is quote comfortable because they don't have to express their emotions, but it also helps them to avoid close emotional intimate contact with those around them. So let's talk about why it's important to heal. If this is you, I'm sure you've already experienced that you will only let people in so far. The people don't feel like they can get close to you. You may also experience that people think you don't care about them. And they often might try to provoke you with harsh words or dramatic situations in order to get a reaction out of you. Now that reaction that they're looking for is some sign that you feel something. You also might have seen the effects of this because your emotional walls, your guarded, protected, and closed heart is causing separation, not connection. It has not promoted a healthy relationship for you, whether it's with friends, family, your loved one, or children. As human beings, we long for connection. It is in our DNA. Humans crave connection because it feels safe, but people often struggle gaining that connection with you. It's interesting because a lot of time emotionally protected, guarded heart people, they know they are, but they don't really seek to change it because in their mind, on the other side of that is danger, 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 danger. So they don't even think about changing it. They want to say, this is just the way I am. This is just the way I am. What's wrong with this? This is okay. I love you. I'm good. But it's causing disruption in their lives And like all empowerment work that we talk about, we have to take responsibility for our piece of the equation. And if our guarded heart is causing problems in our relationships, that is something that it is our responsibility to seek to heal. One might ask why the guarded heart person isn't wanting that connection for themselves. My response would be that's because they've most likely never felt true, safe connection before. 
they don't even know it's possible. Normal for them is to feel unsafe. So it's not something that they're seeking because they don't even know it's out there. Now that we've talked about the quote problem, let's talk about the solution. There are several ways that we can work on opening our hearts. I have a list of 12. There is probably more and you can Google and research that if you would like. But I will post this list as well on my blog at sweetempowerment.com under blog so that you guys can have the show notes in case you want to refer to this and you don't have to be busy scrambling to write down while I'm speaking to you guys. I'm also going to invite you to listen to this episode several times if it speaks to you. Recently, I listened to an episode on a podcast that I follow. I'm probably on listen number six, seven, or eight, somewhere in there. I keep repeating it over and over and over again and pausing it because it's really speaking to something in me and I want it to sink in. I want to start adopting this new train of thinking into my life so I can heal this situation or it's not really a situation. It's just like an emotional stuff that I'm dealing with and I'm trying to heal this piece of myself so that I can move forward. So be willing to listen to this episode several times if you have found that it's touching something in you and you're recognizing that it's a place that you need to heal. Okay, so let's move on. Number one, recognize that you are closed. Well, I just kind of just said that, but I want you to own it, but don't judge it. Recognize where it is causing destruction in your life. Number two, try to pinpoint the moment or the situation that you lock down. Now, it's possible that you might be closed some of the time and open some of the time or closed all of the time, or you might just have a trigger that happens where you go like your body, your mind says, I'm not safe, I'm not safe, I'm not safe. And that could be the moment of closing down. It's super important that we notice and recognize the moment that that happens to us so that we can aim to start healing that. There was a person in my past that was very, very emotionally closed down and I I was pretty close to this person, so I spoke to him about it at length. And at one point, he said to me, when he starts feeling any emotion that he doesn't like, he physically swallows. He would swallow that emotion down. And this is something that he developed in childhood, probably around eight years old, when a traumatic event happened to him that was very legit traumatic. And that is how he stopped from feeling. But that same ignoring of emotion. Sometimes we have to have emotion, you guys. We have to feel things in order to know when something's not right. That is what emotions are for. They're guideposts. They're signposts guiding us for healing and where we need to change something or alter something or adjust something. So if we're ignoring all emotion, we don't have our guideposts. Number three, change your story about what feelings mean. What was unsafe in your childhood is often safe in adulthood because we are not at the mercy of superior adults when we become an adult ourselves, We now have personal power. We're not a helpless little child anymore that has to suffer from the decisions and choices that the adults are making around us. I feel that mantras also work really well, especially in this type of situation, because if you can repeat something to yourself enough, just like memorizing vocabulary word, you will start to adopt that into your truth. 
Mantras can stick depending on how deep or superficial the wound is. If it's a really, really deep wound, it could take some time. If it's just something that's not too dramatic inside of us, we might be able to choose a higher perspective easier. So one of the mantras you can use is, I am safe to open my heart. I am in control of who I surround myself with and how I am treated. Now this is another mantra that... (laughs) We can use, I giggle about it because it's going to sound really dramatic, but it's really not. One of the mantras is, no one will die if I share my feelings. Now, often the psyche cannot distinguish between real physical threat and emotional fear. It still is fear no matter what. So when you tell yourself, I am not going to die if I share my feelings, that person is not going to die if I'm honest with them. You will actually train your brain that this is not a physical threat, that this is just truth. Number four is to practice gratitude. Oh my gosh, gratitude absolutely does wonders in our lives. It releases fear. It promotes mindfulness which is pure presence, which keeps us out of stress. It focuses on everything that's going right in our life, all the positive things that is going right in our life. And it centers us and it balances our emotions. So I would like to see everybody have a gratitude practice of at least five full minutes a day. Now, I'm sure there's times where you have five full minutes to be in your mind. It could be when you lay down to sleep at night. That's my personal favorite. I also try to do it throughout the day with little things that come up. I really try to sit when, let's say just somebody opens the door for me like, wow, that was so sweet. I was just so grateful for for kind people in the world. Or someone does the dishes. Wow, I'm just so grateful that, that I am not in this alone, that I have help in my life. Whatever it might be. But five full minutes while you are driving or showering or perhaps eating or like I mentioned at night before you go to sleep, take five minutes to really sit in your gratitude. There is always something to be grateful for. Even when I was in my most tumultuous point in my life where I couldn't hardly drum up gratitude, I was able to find something. I was grateful for the bed I slept in. I was grateful I had food to eat. I was grateful for my parents. I was grateful for my healthy body that is upright and walking. There's always something you can find gratitude for. Now this is a fun one. Number five is to tap into your inner child. Lighten up. Self-protected and guarded people are often pretty serious. Have you ever been around them? They just aren't lighthearted. They don't frolic. They don't play. Now that's not always true because another person I know that is extremely self-protected, you know, his go-to is fun. He wants to laugh and play and have fun all of the time. But that is what his distraction is. That is how he stays out of any heavy emotion. But that's not always true for some people. If that is not their go-to, if that is not their escape. And they could be very, very serious. It could be hard to make them laugh. They could be very stoic. And if that's the case, if you find that that is you, practice being fun. Lighten up. Counteract that seriousness by acting silly. Sing and dance, talk in funny voices, make faces, play games, sit in the grass or dirt. One of my favorite things when I was little was sitting next to a flower or plant or dirt or grass and just really like digging in there and looking at all the 
the minutia of it and just being so present with that. That's very childlike to me. Examine it and be curious. Number six is to heal your past, heal your own wounds. If you have a trauma in your background, and you know if you have a trauma because it's something that's difficult to talk about, it's something you don't want to think about, those are the unhealed traumas. Find a conscious therapist or coach to work with you. There are so many people that specialize in all kinds of area of trauma, and that is a huge self-protection mechanism. And it doesn't have to be... um, going to war or losing a limb. It could be growing up with an addictive parent. Trauma is not always something like a fatal car accident where everybody in your family died. Trauma feels the same in the body no matter what the spectrum is. It's still trauma. And what might be trauma to one person may not be to another, but it is your trauma and it matters. Number seven is a really important one. And I mention it in the very first chapter of my book because it's so uber, uber, uber important in the path to empowerment. And that is to forgive others. There's people out there who probably caused you to close down. They are probably the reason why you have closed your heart. And work on forgiveness with them. Forgiveness is a layered situation. You may be able to forgive a big chunk of it, but then it just keeps revisiting and you're struggling and it's hard. And I completely understand. And if you're not there yet, if you're just not quite yet capable on your own steam, at least be willing to try. Talk to God and tell God that you are willing to forgive. Invite spirit into your life to help you heal this piece of yourself because often God can do for us what we are not capable of doing for ourselves. Number eight makes me really, really happy and it's meditate because I believe that meditation is one of the greatest emotional cures of all. I believe everybody should meditate as much as possible. I think if people meditated that drug abuse and alcohol abuse and all kinds of distractions would probably the numbers would be decreased dramatically if people really chose to meditate every single day because it clears your mind and it helps to break dysfunctional patterns. It will actually change the chemistry in our brain. Can't speak a lot on that because I'm not a neuroscientist, but I have experiences for myself. And if you would like to know more about that, I urge you to check out Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. He's all over YouTube. He's all over the internet. Absolutely amazing work. I am fascinated with how he talks about the brain and the chemistry. There's also a great app out there that's called 10% Happier. And it's with the numbers, one, zero with the percent sign, 10% happier. And I highly suggest you download this. You know, I can be a little skeptic sometimes with things because, I don't know, it's just the way I am. I'm always, you know, like, "Mm, how good is this? But every time I get a blog from 10% happier, I'm like, these people know what they're talking about. It resonates in me in ways that just speak truth. And they have little short meditations on there that are for free. Now, you can, I think you can pay some X amount of money and get longer meditations. And if you would choose that, that's awesome. Number nine, practice disclosing and sharing intimate details about yourself. The operative word here, my friends, is practice. As with any healing, it takes time. Start by sharing something small about yourself and work your way up to something bigger. By now, most of us have heard of uh, Brene Brown. 
She is a shame and vulnerability researcher who has become an author and I think basically a coach on this, but she still does lots of research and speaking on this. And she has a quote, and I might be paraphrasing, but basically it's share your story, which is your truths, your intimacies, your disclosing details of your life with someone who has earned the right to hear it. Now that means sharing with someone who you believe has your back, someone that has shown that they care about you and what's going on inside of you, and they have your highest good at heart. Number 10, cry. Oh yes, oh yes, 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 please cry. Gosh, crying releases built up emotion. It also releases chemicals that can make us feel good. Have you guys ever had a really good cry and you just feel better after it? I mean, you might be so your situation might still be the same and you still have a little bit of sadness or whatever, but you just feel like a release. That's what we're looking for, guys. We're looking for release. We're looking for a break in the pattern. I know for me, I stopped crying when I was little because it got my brothers in trouble because inevitably it was something they did and I was really sensitive and I cry about something, they get in trouble, so I learned how to not cry and I actually had to relearn it or give myself permission to cry. I'm also not a pretty crier, guys. It's not cute like on movies where someone has a beautiful tear escape. You know, I'm all crumbled up and I get really red. But (laughs) if you're one of those people that are, are unable to cry for yourself, for your own pain, Cry for somebody else's pain. Watch a sad movie. Cry with your friend. Tear up at something. Get the ball rolling and don't stop until you're satisfied. Don't push it down. I remember I'd be like, oh, I'm in public. I can't cry. You know what? If you guys haven't heard the F it episode yet, that's one of my episodes, my podcast episodes. And that's about caring about people's approval. And anymore, I'm like, F it. My face is red, my makeup smeared, whatever. The person knows that I'm emotional and I just had a really great moment that was in touch with my heart. Stop caring about what other people think. If you're a messy crier, who cares? Number 11, challenge yourself to physically touch others. Ooh, I can hear some of you guys cringing right now. Initiate a hug. Touch someone's arm when you're talking to them. Touch their outfit if you say, oh, this is a nice jacket. You know, touch the arm of them and say it's a nice jacket. Give your loved ones little random back caresses or put your arm around them or play with their hair. You can start small and move up. Nobody's asking you to be perfect at this or great at this from go. And when you feel safe with the small touches, perhaps you can move into bigger touches. But what you're doing is training your brain that you can touch people and feel safe, that touching doesn't equal pain. A lot of times people close their hearts because they think if I close my heart, I can't get hurt. This person won't hurt me. Well, I'm here to tell you, if you already love that person, whether your heart is closed, whether you're showing your love or not, it's still going to feel the same. But you're less likely to suffer in that relationship if you are opening your heart and you are sharing your heart with your person because they're going to feel safe. The relationship is going to be more connected and less likely to end in demise. And number 12, which I think is probably always the most important of everything I teach, is to be gentle with yourself while in this process. There is nothing tragically wrong with you. You are not fatally flawed. You don't deserve to be on a desert island by yourself. You just have a place to heal, just like everybody does. We all have our healing points. 
This just happens to be yours. This does not mean there is anything wrong with you. Be gentle with yourself. Tell yourself you're proud of yourself for recognizing this and you can't believe what a courageous warrior you are and how willing you are to heal this so that you can enjoy close and connected relationships. In closing, I'd like to speak to those of you who might be listening to this who are not the self-protected but are dealing with a self-protected loved one. Now, this can be a really difficult thing. I've, I've been in several relationships with this, and it was not fun because I'm super open, and I felt like I was not getting back what I was giving. So I understand that it's very frustrating, and it's very difficult to deal with someone that is self-protected because your innate desire to feel emotionally connected and safe with somebody can't happen with an emotionally guarded heart. You may also feel detached from this person, perhaps lonely, and it's possible even angry. I want you to give yourself grace for feeling these emotions, all right? It's normal. That is how we feel when we are in proximity with somebody with a guarded heart. We really don't feel like they're there with us or for us or has our back or even really cares about us. But with all that being said, you are in relationship with this person. And if you want to keep this person in your life and you are willing to give it one more try or 10 more tries, or 100 more tries, I want you to know that you have one job. And that job is to encourage them to open up by providing a safe space to do so. You will need to do your best to put all those feelings aside, all those negative feelings that are causing you to lash out or to act out or to do nasty things in order to elicit an emotion from your person. Put them aside. They are not serving. If anything, they are working against you, the against the healing of your person because they are mimicking exactly what shut your person down in the first place, even if it wasn't you that did it. All relationships require two parties to make them work. It is never one person's complete fault or side. We each have our piece of the equation to heal. No matter who is at fault or who caused the most disruption, both parties have a role to play, a contribution to the healing as a whole. And in this particular situation, it is your place to help your person open by providing a safe and loving environment to do so. And in the process, I want you too to be gentle with yourself as you and your partner navigate this healing pasture together. It's not always easy. There's a lot of patterns that have been in place for years, sometimes even decades, but it takes commitment, commitment and dedication, and you can transcend this and heal your relationship. I absolutely believe in both of you. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I'm recording this episode on New Year's Eve 2018, and I wish each and every one of you an abundant and blessed New Year. I would super appreciate if you guys give me a little thank you for making these episodes for you by jumping over to iTunes and leaving me a five-star rating and review. Your support of the Sweet Empowerment community matters more to me than you know. And also, if you haven't yet signed up for my my weekly newsletter, you can do so by going to sweetempowerment.com. At this time, I'm offering a free download called 10 Myths About Healthy Relationships. Until next time, everyone, keep striving to be the best that you can. 
because your best life is waiting for you.